Hello, and welcome to the Road Not Taken podcast. Today, we have our first ever returning guest, Benjamin Rostano, and we're here today to talk about the findings of the Mueller report and the reaction around the media and the American political landscape. And we're also going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We'll give you some predictions. Hopefully, there will be some disagreements there, as well as our Major League Baseball 2019 season preview. So, Ben, you're now live. Uh, you can say hi. Uh, anything Anything you want to get off your chest right now? No, I'm just uh, ready to talk about all the uh, issues facing the podcast. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna break off um, into a Mueller report discussion. Uh, we hadn't originally planned on discussing this on the podcast. However, in between the time that we discussed our topics and tonight, um, as of when we're recording this, um, the Mueller report was submitted. And while we don't have all the facts right now, it seems as though the Mueller report has not recommended any further indictments and it did not find evidence of collusion. Um, so I'm, I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you the first say here. Uh, what do you think about the report uh, and the way that people are reacting to it? Well, here's the thing. On both sides, I think there's some issues. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think there's some issues on both sides uh, in their reaction. I don't think... Republicans should quote pounce just yet on the on the report because the whole report hasn't been released. We just have the summary. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know about though. I mean, if, if you look at what actually I believe, happened, I believe this. I believe the summary is is factually accurate. Um, I just the whole report may. Uh, bring some new facts to light. Well, th- that, the way that, that weren't revealed in the in the summary. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. However, I think if there's anything like actually bad in that, that uh, he would have recommended something. Uh, the only real way that I could see this not um, turning out well for Trump is if he said we're not going to indict him because he's the president or because we wouldn't have time or something like that. But I think the big win for here for him mm-hmm. here is that there's. It seems as though there's no evidence of collusion, and if there is in the full report, Mueller and Barr are doing a, a heck of a good job of, of fooling us. Um, I, look, I, I understand that with Trump, right, there's probably five other skeletons in his closet, but I mean, this, this is a good day for conservatives. I mean, Michael Avenatti was arrested. Uh, the Mueller report just came out. People are losing their minds. Uh, the only thing that could really happen right here would be for Hillary Clinton's emails to drop. Uh, WikiLeaks <laughs> reveals it all, and then Hillary Clinton's jailed or something like that. Like this is that today was was basically if Donald Trump had a dream about the perfect day. This is this is what happened for him. Um, I would definitely agree with that assessment. It, it's it really is crazy because the last two years of of looking at the news every single day and seeing. Um, be, being bombarded uh, with the quote facts about uh, Trump and the Russians, and today, in in the last couple days over the weekend, it just goes to show that most of what we've heard over the last couple of years has been complete nonsense, and that's what the media has been feeding us, unfortunately. And it, I think, it it really damages the media's relation with the people of the United States and, and the people's trust. I think the trust has already been 
been uh, eroding over the the last mm-hmm. decade or so. But I think this is an extra uh, push towards the edge of of people not even believing what the media says at all anymore. Right. The um, as if the nail wasn't already hammered into the coffin. This is it. This is you've dropped the coffin into the side of the ocean. It's sunk and it will never it will never be seen again. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, there's two interesting things actually that that I remember uh, from earlier today. Uh, the first is the reaction of people online as well as like some video clips. Um, I'm talking about specifically uh, Rachel Maddow, who is like famous for owning herself. I, I honestly do not understand why NBC continues to employ her. They need to fire her because every time something bad happens for the liberals, uh, she has some sort of reaction that becomes like a viral video clip. Um and she was like crying as she's breaking down that there's no collusion. And, and I think that really underscores the fact that people pinned their hopes and dreams on this. Uh, people had Robert Mueller tattoos. Um, there was a, a great video I saw around Christmas where they were singing, we wish you a Mueller Christmas and indictments or an impeachments next year. And <laughs> I saw that again today and I just start, like laughed hysterically. Like I, I understand Trump has problems, right? And, and we still have to see how this works out. But just mm-hmm. seeing these people that have gloated and and really what they've done is they've they've turned this into their religion, um, and now that they've been let down, I, I have to say it's hilarious to me. Um, the other thing I've noticed, and and this is totally unsurprised, just because the media doesn't seem to understand how ridiculous they are themselves. You'd think that they would learn from this, right? That they take a step back, they'd say, "Oh, you you know, we messed up here. Uh, we've been acting as though this is you know all." Uh, 100% locked in. Um, and now it hasn't. And what we're seeing now is they're immediately spinning right to, well, you know, the Republicans are going to use this to our advantage, their advantage, which to be honest, like is totally fine. Like, of course you'd use this mm-hmm. to your advantage. Um, but it's just kind of funny how there's, there's no self-reflection here. There's no, nobody's sitting back and saying, huh, I wonder how we got here. Let's, let's learn from that. Um, and, and look, I, I think the right might be overreacting, but I, I, I really disagree. I, I think we have the right. Um, I, I, I be- yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I just, what really bothers me about all of this is that whether or not you like Trump, it bothers me that people were hoping that he was a traitor. Why would you want the president of the United States to be traitorous to the people of America? Why, no, why would you want that? I, I can't fathom um, that mindset that you would want the leading public servant to be colluding with a foreign country. Mm-hmm. It, it, it boggles my mind that, that the media and – certain people would would be rooting for that and that they were hoping that that this report showed that All if right. anything uh, on I, both sides I, I just, you should be hoping that i I, ha- I have to break in right here i i just saw saw something um because I, I was i was looking up specifically there's there's a specific headline i was looking for but i saw this poll and it says who would win a fight a hundred thousand chickens or two lions so i real quick what are, what are your thoughts on that would a hundred thousand chickens be able to beat two lions? You know, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I think they would smother the lions. Many really? would die. Many would die, but 
but they would win. It would be like the Battle of Thermopylae. Or the Battle of Helm's Deep, if you want uh, ah. Lord of the Rings reference. Yeah, the uh, well, we we can we can talk about that too. Um, but do you, do you have any uh, any definitive hot take here before we I return? I think the Lions would win. You think the Lions would win? All right, we'll have to disagree there. But anyway, continue continue on uh, on with your your analysis there. It's anyway. I, I just it, it's disheartening to see the the journalists of the United States uh, saddened to see that there's, there's no collusion. And I feel it's clear that the, the journalists in our country are not objective in the reporting and it doesn't matter whether they're on the right side or the left side of the political spectrum. They, they're happy when something goes one way and they're saddened when uh, it goes another. And, for instance, like you said, Rachel Maddow, uh, you know, breaking up, mm-hmm. she, like her, there were tears in her eyes. <laughs> uh, th- that's mind boggling to me. Like mm-hmm. it, it clearly, absolutely not objective reporting at all on her, uh, f- from her perspective. Like I, I can't even fathom. This is, this is the free market. You see when, when people have the option to watch whatever they want to, for basically whatever price they want to, or at no cost themselves, people will start telling other people what they want to hear in order to get what they want, which is ratings and money and success. And this is what ha- what's mm-hmm. happened here, and I think it happens on both sides of the aisle, right? I- I'm not going to lie; I've I've heavily criticized both Fox News and CNN and NBC at times. Um, almost every conservative I know firmly believes that the media is totally biased against conservatives and it has been that way for decades. A lot of liberals I talk to say, well, sure, you know, the left wing has more media outlets, but Fox has the biggest one out of them all. Um, so I, I think that those are both pretty good arguments. Uh, what, what do you what do you think about, do you, I mean, I, I guess at this point, there's really no fixing it, right? I mean, it's really hard to see a way that, that these uh, these folks return to nonpartisan coverage. Um, you have any thoughts about how we could fix that? Um, the only, too far gone? the only route I could see like that would fix it is that the next presidency, uh, if it's, if it's more of a, a middle of the road candidate, a, a centrist, the media, the media might change because if there's a centrist that is elected, then both sides, you know, you'll have Fox and you'll have CNN that will dislike the person because they're not, uh, you know, conforming to the beliefs of their particular uh, mindset of that that week or that month that that CNN's going through or Fox is going through, as they're constantly changing with the times. I think, I think, the most radical thing that could happen to the media is a non-radical person become president mm. you know what really needs to happen though right the next person to win an election should just declare martial law and end this facade once and for all um, <laughs> at this point to be honest authoritarian totalitarianism seems fitting given given our country um those are just my my personal views let, let it be said on the record i am i'm for world domination by by one tyrant will return to the uh 
the the medieval divine right of kings, and life will be much simpler once we're told what to do. You see, so you're saying totalitarianism over anarchy? You know, sometimes that that is the real paradox. It's not the two chickens or the the two lines over the the hundred thousand chickens. It's it's really the real question is is anarchy or totalitarianism which would you choose you know if it came down to i i can just see the, the i can see the the members of the school of athens debating in the, in the public square looking down on us from above or below probably given that many of them were atheists and and just <laughs> just shaking their heads that that in in this day and age we would we'd be asking these questions you know civilization has really progressed um but anyway anyway um any any more thoughts about this uh a smaller thing. Um, personally, I, I'm just for any news that creates great meme content at this point. Um, if you can turn it into a joke, then uh, then I think I'm for it because politics has become too crazy and too serious. Um, I think we need to kind of reset and and put everything into perspective here. I would definitely agree. I the Mueller report, the 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 summary that came out when it came out. That was one of the few times I've ever looked at the news and I just, there was a smile on my face. <laughs> I just smiled. That's that's my first reaction. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we got we got two things that I wanted to cover. Um, and then maybe we'll throw in a little bit of Lord of the Rings talk. Because you, you know what today is, right? It's token reading day. It's March 25th. Did you know that? Um, I did not know so, that. So today you're supposed to- you're supposed to read like a, a passage of uh, of Token, and I don't know. Maybe uh, there's a couple quotes I have, so maybe uh, maybe I'll, I'll pull one up, and we can we can end the show on a high note. Um, actually, right. to, just yeah, to ahead. clarify, I was reading the other week that it's actually pronounced Tolkien. You know, I, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this once. In America, we we just pronounce things however we want to, right? So consortium should uh, is you know consortium consortium. You just sm- you take any anything complicated and you slur it all together, right? That's how it is. Um, so I'm not gonna. I'll just say token. Um, uh, you know, I, life is too short to to go around pronouncing things the right way. If you can do it quickly, um, personally, I think that all words should be shortened to acronyms. Um, and then, then life will be much simpler. Uh, in the words of, of Kevin from the office, what is it? Why, why use many words when little word do trick or something like that? Um, that is the saying, but it, so you're saying acronyms are the shorthand of verbal or oral language, I suppose. Well, what I'm saying is that, um, we as a society, have failed to take into account the historical context and development of language. All words are are signifiers to objects or concepts that correlate to something in the physical or metaphysical world. So if we were to rename everything, so long as they contain the same meaning, as long as they're still signifiers to whatever object they correspond to, um, I could care less, uh, to be honest, about, about what words we use. Um, this runs deeply against my my uh, my innate sense uh, and love of words as a reading, uh, you know, a, a fan of literature, especially some of the older works. Um, but as somebody who would prefer to, you know, 
speak more quickly, get conversations done. Uh, what can I say? We need a totalitarian society that only speaks in acronyms. Uh, I, th- I think, to be honest, I probably have some sort of medieval fantasy idea right now. I could I could uh, sell that to Amazon. They make a TV show out of it, and I'd be a billionaire. Um, all right, so we're going to switch over to uh, to our sports segment. Um, we're running about 15 minutes in, so this is uh, we're, we're pretty good on time. Uh, you want to start with our... You know, let's start with the NBA because uh, Major League Baseball is just starting. So uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll go to what's what's in the thick of it right now. Um, what do we want to talk about? The MVP race or the the standings or the the playoff every, uh, predictions every, here? Everything. Um, let's start with MVP and then we'll uh, we'll finish off the the that the segment with our playoff predictions. And these are official, irreversible. You cannot take them back. And I promise you that I will look them up at the end of the playoffs and make fun of you if you get them wrong. Um, I, of course, will be 100% correct, as I always am. Um, yeah, so let's go over our MVP picks. Um, I, I'm not going to lie right now. Uh, I've been on the Paul George train for about a month and a half. Um, Paul George was injured. Uh, he's had like some so- shoulder uh, pain over the last few games. and That's kind of hindered his ability to play elite defense and score points. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take the non-conventional path and say that Paul George is the, is the MVP. So I'll, I'll lay out my case for my guy and then you pick whoever you want. Um, and then, uh, and then we'll open it up to sort of like lightning round debate, debate style thing. So Paul George, he's top three contender for defensive player of the year. Uh, he's a top three contender in my opinion for most valuable player, um, He's probably the only person in the league that can make Russell Westbrook defer to him. Um, and as Paul George has gotten hurt, we've seen the Thunder's team net rating dive down with his injury. Um, I personally think that the Thunder are the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference. And if they do that, it's going to be on the backs of Paul George. He hasn't gotten enough uh, enough press because Giannis, like you know, does thunder dunks and travels, you know, from the three point line, takes five steps, but we only say we say it's only two. Okay, um, okay. And James Harden's out here travels like, from the three James, point line. James Harden's out here taking eighteen steps, and then as soon as the wind passes by him, he 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 uh, he, he gets a a bailout call from the referees. But Paul George, Paul there. George is the real MVP. He's been in the heart of the United States in Oklahoma city. Nobody cares about that city, but he has resurrected them from the grave. He's put them on the map and they are the team to watch in the NBA playoffs. So Paul George for MVP. I will will say to your point, Paul George is having one of his greatest. He's having his greatest season in my opinion, but just last game, the thunder lost to, the Memphis Grizzlies, one fifteen to one hundred three. Now that is a sad loss. Mm-hmm. They're one of the. Okay, I'll I'll give it to them. They're a mediocre team at this point in time. Mm, but okay. One hundred fifteen to one hundred three, and Paul George did have thirty points. So all, right, all I'm going to say I'll, is I, I seem to recall the Sacramento Kings beating the Warriors at one point during the season. So if we're using worst loss as a metric, um, I mean, even, even the New York Knicks have won a few games. That is true. All right. But, but I do, or I do, I do take your fingers point. Almost. No, no, no. I think they have 10 wins. I think 
I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna. It is double digits, but I'm saying right. it's close. It is. It is. But we have Zion and KD and Kyrie coming. But that's that's another story. Oh, we have 14 wins. We're good. That's three hands. Uh, our winning percentage is 189. That's just great. <laughs> that's just great. Um, Mitchell Robinson for MVP. Let me see. Yeah, no, the Grizzlies have 30 wins on the year, and they play tough. That's that's not. I bad. said they played mediocre. I, I, mediocre. All right. You know, I'll, I'll I'll take your point. But who's who's your MVP pick? Is that question directed towards more of who do I want to win or who do I think is going to win? Uh, I'm going to say who you think should win the MVP award. Giannis Atenekumpo. All right, make the case for the Greek freak. He's scoring 27 points a game, 6 assists, 12.6 rebounds per game. And uh, he's playing 30 minutes. Um, Yeah, he's playing 30 minutes per game. His field goal percentage is 58%. That is up 6% from last year. He's shooting his best of his career. Um, He still has not developed a three shot. So... I mean that that is a against him, especially in this day and age in the NBA, where a three point shot is is vital to your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, his free throw percentage is in the lower seventies, so he's not the greatest shooter. Uh, you know, from mid range or uh, the three line, but he is a great. He's great at finishing around the rim, and I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm going to just jump in here. I, I, I'm not trying to throw shade on your pick or anything. And, and look, I, I love Giannis. I've liked him since before this last year. Um, Paul George is averaging more points per game than Giannis is right now. And, that and, the, and the Bucks have built their team around Giannis while Paul George has to share the spotlight with Russell Westbrook, who is basically at this point uh, a stats accumulator and ball dominant point guard. Now, Russell Westbrook himself is averaging 23 points a game, right? So you got, you already have a guy on the team averaging 23, and he's and Paul George is still able to put up 28.2 compared to Giannis's uh, 27, right? And I think the rebounds thing, right? Giannis is like playing center half the time out here. The, the, the Thunder have Stephen Adams to get all the boards. What they're doing is... Paul George is guarding the LeBrons. He's guarding the KDs. He's guarding the Giannis's. He's out here doing that. Giannis is just getting fat on rebounds and making his stats look good, right? Well, I will remind you that that the uh, Bucks did just get, well, not just, but very recently got uh, Pau Gasol and uh, Nikola Mirotic. Uh, so both of which are, and Nikola Mirotic is 6'10", and I believe... Pau Gasol's over seven feet. So these two guys are that's true. Can, can grab rebounds. That's true. And and I don't think Giannis is a a staff uh, or a stat patter like uh, uh, Russell, as you were saying, uh, would be. Uh, I think you're correct in saying that his stats may be a little inflated, but I think the reason his points per game have been going down consistently over this season is because of the additions uh, like Pau Gasol and uh, Brooke Lopez, Nikola Mirotic, 
um, and his other teammates like Malcolm Brogdon and Eric true. Bledsoe. That is true. All right, these I, are all guys that can. I, I got a question for you. You know what? That, I, can, I, that can ball. I'm willing. I'm willing to concede, Giannis. Right, and and if only for this reason that the Bucks are number one in the East. Right. I mean, voters traditionally look at at the win loss stats, but but here's my question. Right. And I think this is actually the toughest out of all of the MV uh, out of all the the awards races this year. Who's the defensive player of the year, right? Because MVP, we got really two guys. Probably it's Giannis and Harden. Coach of the year is probably going to be Mike Budenholzer, coach of the Bucks. Uh, Lou Williams is going to win Sixth Man of the Year for the next hundred years at this rate. Um, but who's the defensive player of the year? I mean, this is a tough one. Yeah, Lou Williams, the legend. Uh, I used to hate his game, but now I just appreciate his his handles and his. Your shots, but who who's the defensive player? I mean, we got Rudy Gobert blocking shots. Um, we got uh, Draymond Green diminished but still strong. Uh, Giannis himself has been playing pretty well. Um, you can maybe throw in Pat Beverly. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, I think it's Paul George. Um, but give give me some uh, give me some guys. Turner. Oh, Miles Turner. Yeah, you're right on the Pacers. Right, and especially now that Oladipo's out, he's had to step up on defense. Yeah, I would put uh I would put Kawhi up there for sure. And uh Mitchell Robinson, A D. Um, yeah, Rudy Gobert. There there's no denying, you know, Rudy and his and his great blocks. I mean, he's just a complete animal when it comes to uh defending in the paint. You know, uh two point two blocks per game uh for him. Uh but you, you know who surprised me the most with their defense this year is actually Carl Anthony Towns. Mm, he's, he's improved. Now, I don't think he should get. I don't think he should get Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's not the greatest, but he's definitely, like you said, he's improved his game. He's been known over the last few years since he came in the league as an offensive player, but he has really improved. Uh, you know, uh, cleaning up the boards around the around the rim and and uh, you know keeping uh offensive players from uh, scoring in the paint. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for really improving his That's game. Fair. Um, but, uh, yeah, right now it's really hard to say. I would say Kawhi because I'm a big fan of Kawhi, even though I'm not a Raptors fan. Uh, I just like the way he plays the game, how he's, you know. Oh, how I, he I can totally take the ball forgot about him, about Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's, there's so we we are truly living in I think the golden age of the of the NBA. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I, just watching Kawhi's game, it's it's so enjoyable. It's it's like watching it uh, back in the day when you had real defenders like uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Ben Wallace, and the Detroit mm-hmm. Pistons. Uh, I I think that's how the the game is meant to be played. You know, blocking shots and. Uh, playing rough, uh, similar to street ball type. Right. All right. So let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Sorry. I'm just, uh, chewing on some food right now, catching up, catching up on my meals. Um, how, how do you see the, uh, how do you see the playoffs breaking down? So I'm just going to run through the, the current matchups. If the season ended today, we'll start with the East and we'll head to the West just because the West is a little bit more fun, at least in my mind. Um, so if the season ended today, we'd have the Bucks playing the Miami Heat in the first round. Who do you think wins that series? Uh, Bucks easy. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, no, no more time. Yeah. Right, look, Eric Spolster is a good coach, but the Bucks are, are way better. All right, then we have yeah. There's no question. We have the Raptors against the Pistons. What do you think about that? That's uh, Raptors are the number uh, two seed. Pistons are the number seven. The the Pistons. I think they're good. I they've think been, they, they've been playing they really, play. really well the last month or so. They were they were horrible first part of the year. They've they've really come. Blake Griffin's been playing out of his mind. The, the the series would be it would be a five game series, right? Probably, probably. Or would it be no, no, not seven. You know, I could, yeah, I can't see six. No, not not with Marc Gasol. No, I, I think it would be not five. with Marc Gasol, Kawhi. Finally, like Kawhi, they've been resting Kawhi, right? I mean, you unhinge, you got Siakam. Yeah, yeah, was, you're, it's probably a four or five game series. Yeah, I think I think what's going to happen is it's going to be four uh, one Raptors. That's my prediction. I agree. There are no that, wings on the Pistons that can guard Kawhi. They have nobody that can stop him. But at this point, we don't know if that matchup is going to happen because the the Heat and the Pistons could switch places. Or the there. Nets and the Pistons. Um, or the Nets and the Pistons. Right, but, that's but, correct. But this is our this is our predictions if it ended today. Um, all right, Sixers. You know, how, how about this? Let, let's assume that the Bucks, Raptors, and Sixers win, right? Because they're they're probably locks at this point. How about this this first round matchup? Mm-hmm. And this one actually does seem pretty locked in, just because I don't see the Pacers moving up any higher than four. Pacers Celtics. Who do you think wins this matchup? And, and I know I know who you want to win this matchup, but who do you think wins the matchup? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking it's going to Game Seven this series, mm. and I hate to say that. I can see it, but I'm. I'm going to give the edge to the Celtics, and I'm not just saying that as a Celtics fan. I think I really think they can beat the Pacers, but I, I think it's going to be a seven-game series from from what I've seen by the the Pacers gameplay. And like I was saying about Miles Turner and his defensive mm. game, uh, Celtics are going to have a hard time around the rim finishing in the paint. You know, I, I I'm actually I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I think I think the Celtics win. I think the Celtics win in six. You know, I think because. The Pacers have home court advantage, so Game Six would be in Boston. I think that's where the where the Celtics finish it off. Um, here, here's okay. the thing, right? The Celtics' best player is a point guard, right? Kyrie ha- deadly handles. Darren Collison can't guard him. Oladipo could have guarded him, but he's hurt. They have no guards. The Pacers are are forward heavy with uh, Sabonis and Turner down low and Boyan Bodanovich. They don't have anybody at the guard spots that can stop Kyrie. And to be honest, you got Kyrie, if he, if he starts feeling it, you know, taking heat check threes, draining them, uh, going Uncle Drew, using his handles, um, the ball, he's never going to get close to Miles Turner. He won't need to. He'll, he'll hit a three before he even gets close to the paint. I think the series lives or dies with Kyrie Irving, and I'm pretty confident in Kyrie. So I, I'm, I'm going to roll out the Celtics. Um but but all right, so let's let's uh, let's take our second round picks, right? So let's just say the Bucks have to play the Celtics and the Raptors have to play the Sixers. Who who do you think comes out on top of those two matchups? Oh, that's that's really tough. But I really hate to say this. Once again, I I think the Bucks. I think I think the Bucks are gonna gonna beat the Celtics. You know, if you asked me this at the beginning of the of of this season back in like October, whenever the season started, I would have called you crazy. Um, 
I don't know. You know, it could go either way. I think it's going to be another seven game series. I think it really depends on how the Celtics are doing mentally, right? Because we've seen them have terrible stretches, and we've also seen them like go on like six and seven game win streaks. Um, so if they're playing well, I think I think they win. But you know, they lose the first game in Milwaukee. You know, Kyrie starts you know yelling or jawing at the younger guys. Uh, people you know are trashing Gordon Hayward because he's not playing well. Al Horford's trying to keep everything together, but he can't. I, I could see that you know the Celtics are are always on the verge of spontaneous combustion, and I I definitely think that. After five straight possessions of Giannis dunking on their throats, I, I think that the Celtics could unravel pretty easily here. And they almost did last last uh, year in the playoffs. If you uh, watched, I that remember series. seven games. Uh, that was a seven game series. That was that was one of the best series I, I've actually remembered. Uh, um, but anyway, all right. So we have uh, the Raptors and Sixers. Who do you think wins that? That's that's a tough one, um, but. I'm going to go with the Raptors. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was I was going to say I'm going to go with the Raptors too. I think the Raptors are going to uh, win four uh, two. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually I, I'm really I'm looking for disagreement here, but I was going to pick four two as well. Here's the thing: the Sixers, right? Everybody, you know, started talking them up after they got Tobias Harris. They have four tall guys. Who's who's going to guard? You got Kyle Lowry. You got Kawhi. And then you got Siakam, you got Serge Ibaka, you got uh, what's his uh, Marc Gasol, right? Mm-hmm. You can't stop them. And the Sixers, they don't play well together. If you look at their net ratings when Simmons, Embiid, and Butler are on the floor together, they have spacing problems. Jimmy Butler's like, I'm the only guard on here that can shoot, you know, from from outside. You know, JJ Redick. You know what? Uh, I, I, they they are. They you don't know what the Sixers together. remind me of. Woo-hoo. The Sixers, the Sixers remind me of if you've ever played Two K. Um, yes, I have. This is kind of a funny reference, but like if you've ever played Two K, and you, like you're playing like my GM or my mm-hmm. team or something, and you just get like a bunch of the best players in the league and you put them on a team, mm-hmm. and you think about it and you're like, well, actually in real life this actually wouldn't be a good team even though I have all the best players because the chemistry wouldn't be there. Right, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the situation the Sixers are in. They've got like all these great players. The um but like where's the chemistry? That's uh, yeah, you've you've put put the nail on the head. Basically, uh you know, you, you hear people say stuff like this GM is trying to assemble a fantasy team, like you know, like a fantasy basketball team something where, you know, it, it mm-hmm. sounds good in theory. Here's the thing, right? Tobias Harris is actually really good, right? Jimmy Butler, he can defend. Thank you for admitting that. Jo- Joel Embiid is really good. He's out here. He's shooting threes. He, he, you got JJ Redick to shoot threes. You got Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris to shoot threes. Put him in the paint. Things they're so big, but they're not. They're not very fast. So if you have a small team that can run them off the floor, there's a lot of ways you can attack this team. That it really doesn't seem possible when you add all the names up there uh, that, that that the Sixers have. But the, here's the thing: the Raptors play well as a team. They have six or seven guys. They know their roles. Kawhi can take over. Lowry's playing like a vet. I think. I think the Raptors win this, and I think we see uh, it's chalk. I know, but a Bucks Raptors Eastern Conference Finals. 
who do you have winning that series to go to the NBA Finals and take on probably the Warriors, but whoever comes out of the West? Who is your pick for the Eastern Conference Championship? Here's the strange thing about this. I think I think the Bucks the Bucks could beat the Raptors. I think the Bucks could beat the Raptors. But if the Sixers somehow made it to the finals, I think the Sixers would beat the Bucks. Interesting. I don't know why. I don't know why I have that feeling. You know, you know why it is, right? But the Bucks are a small team. The Sixers are a big team. You, you try to put uh, Nikola Mirotic on on jo- Joel Embiid. First of all, I think it would have to be Giannis Embiid. But Mirotic is the only other big guy they have. They traded Thon Maker, right? He was their backup center. Mm-hmm. The Sixers run big. You're gonna have yeah. I I I think yeah. You're right. There's a, there's matchup. There's matchup issues for the Bucks in that series. Um, but I do think it's going to be Raptors Bucks, and I think I don't know. I think the Bucks could win it. I think the Raptors could win it. I think that's going to be. I think the the final like of this of a. I think it's going to be a six game series either way. If the Raptors win, it's going to be a six game series. If the Bucks win, it's going to be a six I'm game going, series. Because I I'm going Raptors in seven. Raptors mm-hmm. in seven. I'd like to see that. We the North. That's what I want. Canada gets one run with Kawhi. Here's the thing, right? I want the Raptors to win because of if, Kawhi. He's one of my favorite. If one players. guy in the NBA that can slow down Giannis, it's Kawhi, right? Mm-hmm. Who else on that Bucks team? You got a bunch of three point shooters. If Giannis isn't getting into the paint, then the Raptors can afford to crowd the three point line, right? And that's when the whole Bucks scheme mm-hmm. falls apart. The reason they're so successful, and, and all credit to Mike Budenholzer for recognizing this, is because Giannis just rips gashes in the opponent's defense, and then they they have to collapse on them. And then you got like two or three guys that are open on the perimeter that they they get open three point looks. If Kawhi can slow down Giannis, I'm not going to say shut down just because nobody can shut down Giannis, but if Kawhi can at least keep him out of the paint, and I think that that Kawhi can do that. Then the mm-hmm. the Bucks scheme comes crashing down around their heads. E- even with that, uh, I, I'm not willing. You know, I, it's still going to be seven. It's still going to be tough. The Bucks play well at home, but I think uh, I think the Raptors are being slept on right here. They're only four games behind the Bucks, but you have to remember they've been resting Kawhi uh, a lot of games this year. I think one, at the end of the year it'll probably be like maybe like twenty percent of their games, like between fifteen and twenty percent for rest purposes. Right, they're resting him so that they can use him to his fullest extent in the playoffs, and that's where we're going to see the full force of the Raptors' offensive and defensive machine on display. And I don't think anybody in the East can stop them. All right. So with that aside, uh, Western Conference. This one is uh, this one's pretty crazy. The standings are. We're going to disagree here. More, I think so I too. Think, I think that yeah, East, I think the East. Is is going to be you know more cut and dried because we were definitely agreeing on what the matchups are probably right. going to end up being. And, and I I, and I think that happen. we shouldn't even predict the matchups here just because the fifth through eighth seeds have one game between them and we really don't know how it's going to end up. So how about this? No, the fourth through eighth, the fourth through eighth seed have three, two, four games and a half, seven and a half. You're right, and, and even the three and the eighth seed, the three seed Rockets. 
are only four games ahead of the eighth seed Spurs. That is That's insane. Crazy. So let, let's assume the Warriors and Nuggets are the top two seeds, uh, and let's let's just let's just say the Rockets end up the number three, um, and yeah, let's just say the top four are unchanged. We we don't have to predict the matchups, but give me give me some teams that that you think are are going to be contenders here that that could beat each other. Um, let's not predict the matchups. Let's just let's just go go whole ham. Maybe a team that you know is the underdog that can surprise you. What, what are your thoughts on this Western Conference uh, jigsaw puzzle? Teams that are going to surprise us. I think the Clippers are going to surprise us. Root I disagree. For, like, I think people. I disagree, disagree, but go ahead. I'll, I'll let you make your case. I think because because people are like ever since Chris Paul left, DeAndre Jordan left. People are like people have literally forgotten about the Clippers, and I think Lou Williams is is really a, a solid part of that team. Even though he comes off the bench, I think he could be the key to getting them uh, at least through the first round. I think they're going to make it through the first you round. You think they can beat the Blazers? Well, actually, if McCollum is out, isn't he hurt? Play the Blazers. I wonder if he'll be back in time for the playoffs. Yeah, okay, yeah, that changes things. Because Rodney Hood would probably have to start, and that's not good. Well, don't sleep on Rodney Hood yeah. either. I, if, if they did play the Blazers, if they if they played the Blazers, I have to contradict myself. Though I think the Blazers would win, but if if the Clippers played, who who else would the Clippers play if if things changed up? I mean, the Clippers. That here's the thing, right? And this is my reason why I don't agree that they're, they're going to win, right? If they stay in the five spot, they're going to end up playing the Blazers or the Rockets. And I don't think they can beat either of those teams. If somehow they get the four seed, right? Because that's really the probably the highest they can jump. If they get the four seed, they're going to have to play the Blazers or the Thunder or the Jazz. And look, I, I understand that they're playing really well as a team. Uh, Gallinari stepped up. But the Thunder and Jazz are both teams that I really, really like in this conference. And I, I'm tipping my hand a little bit as to what my <clears> surprise <throat> teams are. But you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think that the Thunder and Jazz could knock off the Rockets or the Nuggets. Uh, and if the Thunder and Jazz mm-hmm. are playing their best, I think they could they could threaten the Warriors. And I, I just I can't see the Clippers beating anybody in this first round except for like the Spurs. And they're not going to meet the Spurs because you know that of their seeding. I love the Clippers. If, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm if the Clippers were in the in East, that. the Clippers would be like the number three seed, and they'd be playing the Nets in the first round, and it would be all hunky dory for them. This is a murderer's row. Yeah. I just, I, I want the Clippers to do well, and they'll be fine. I, I feel like Kawhi is going to go there in the off season, but I mean, unless the you know McCollum is is out, I really don't see them beating any of their probable first round matchups. What I want to see is I want to see Rockets Clippers. That's what I want to see. I want to see those Patrick two teams Beverly. clash because they have a. Oh yeah, it's, it's right. going to be Chris Paul used to be a Clipper, Beverly uh, and Harrell used to be Rockets. It'll be a, like a revenge series. Which team uh, turned out better off? Yeah, and I'd like to see the Clippers win a couple of games if if they do play the Rockets. That would be. That would be really nice. You think nice. Kawhi's looking, uh, looking at how the Clippers do in the playoffs? If they get swept and they look terrible, you know, maybe he 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 doesn't want to come there, you know, as as much. Maybe if they, you know, win a first round series, he's more likely to uh, to sign in uh, in Southern California. Or do you think it matters? This is all speculation. I just, well, you know, 
I think I don't think it matters how the Clippers do. As long as they make it to the playoffs, I think he'd be willing to go only if the Raptors don't make it to the finals. If the Raptors make it to the finals, he's not leaving Toronto. I, I, I can see that. I can um, see that. But if, if the Raptors don't make it to the finals, he could be in, in LA next summer. Uh, no matter no matter whether or not uh, the Clippers get swept, I don't think it matters. As long as the Raptors don't make it to the finals, he'll be he'll be willing to at least go there. I don't know if he will be going there, but he'll be willing. All right, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question here. We're, we'll cut straight to the chase, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up with uh, I, I I have a a nice token passage that I that I want to read after our MLB preview, but um. Give me your Western Conference Finals. Who who are, who are the two teams? <laughs> An impossible task, I know. I, I Warriors. Mm-hmm. Surprise! Aha! Uh-huh. Not really. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, I think you know it could be. I know I know who's I'll I'll say I know who's not going to be in the finals. The Clippers are not going to mm-hmm. be in the finals. The the, the Western Spurs won't finals. be. The the Spurs will not be. I don't think the Rockets will be. I think I think the Thunder mm-hmm. have a chance. I think the Jazz mm-hmm. have a chance. I agree. I think the Blazers have a chance and the Nuggets have a chance. I think the Nuggets probably have the highest chance of any mm-hmm. of them. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna disagree with you there. I, I, I see the Warriors making the Western Conference Finals, and the only other two teams that I think are, are realistically going to have a chance. And and believe me, I'd be thrilled if the Jazz managed to make it, but I don't, I don't see it happening. Rockets and Thunder are my two teams. Um, here's the thing, right? Chris Paul, he's been playing better the last couple weeks. We're we're, we're dangerously close to forgetting that had the Rockets not missed every single three-pointer that they took in Game 7 of last year's Western Conference Finals, they probably would have won that game. I think they were like 0 of 27 or something over in Game 7, right? Chris Paul was out. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't buy a basket, and they were still beating the Warriors with only a few minutes left in that game. Right, and obviously this isn't quite the same Houston team that they, they lost a couple of wings. They're not playing as well. But if the Rockets can flip the switch, I think that I think they can give them a shot. Alternatively, the Thunder for a lot of the season had a top three defense in the league. If Paul George is fully healthy, he he can lock up Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook, his, his three point shot has come back over the last couple weeks. He's been shooting much better, much better. <clears throat> um, and, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say the winner of the Western Conference will either be the Rockets or the Thunder. I think the Warriors go down this year. I think I think KD leaves in the offseason. I think maybe they trade Draymond. Maybe they trade that. Draymond, maybe Clay leaves. I don't know what happens, but I think this is the last this is the last gasp of the Warriors dynasty. I, I think I I'm I'm going out on a limb here Rockets or Thunder will make the NBA finals. And and here's the thing about if it's if it's the Rockets or the Thunder, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Russell Westbrook. I think he's a stat patter, but 
as much as I dislike Westbrook, I dislike James Harden more. And the reason for that is, is his defense is just a, it's, it's a travesty. It It's discouraging to watch his game mm-hmm. of basketball. I, I just can't take it. Watching him play offensively is it's, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a thing to marvel at, but watching him play defense he, he's not even on the screen half the time when he's mm-hmm. transitioning. And that's not even a, an exaggeration. You watch the games and he's not even on the screen because he's 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 waiting up at the top to get the mm-hmm. ball passed to him. And I guess this is just me as a basketball fan not wanting him to win. But I definitely have to say, I, could, I I really could see him winning. Unfortunately, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, have to. I just got a notification. The Jazz beat the Suns. I admit that the Suns are terrible. They they beat them one twenty five <laughs> to ninety two. Devin Booker dropped fifty nine points in that game. Fifty nine points, five three pointers. Wow. Anyway, uh, that's a side note. All right, so I, I do agree with your Russell Westbrook criticism, but who in your mind? Is the last team standing when the dust clears? When, when the playoffs have concluded, who is the champion of the National Basketball Association? I'm going to give you my pick, and then I'll I'll let you have the last word before we do a quick MLB preview. I'm going to say, and this is my problem because I picked either the Rockets or the Thunder. I predict the Toronto Raptors are going to be NBA champions. Go ahead. I'm I'm afraid. I really am. I'm afraid it's going to be the Warriors. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But but my gut says the Warriors aren't winning this year. It's just a gut feeling that I like I, my other the other part of me is saying, "Oh, the Warriors aren't going to win." But at the same time, I'm scared because I've thought that for the last four years and and only of the last few years have have the 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 cavaliers won and that was a close series so i think come on ben Ben, this is yeah this is a podcast this is the time to to drop your sizzling hot takes throw caution to the wind tell me tell me why western civilization will fall give me give me your take stand boldly beside it I, 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 all right, all right. I think the there Raptors are going to win it. I really there we go. I've, I've dragged you down with me. We'll both uh, we'll both watch our predictions go up in flames, and we will both be laughed at at yes, the end and, of the and season. And I, I will laugh at myself. Um, that's okay. I, I do routinely. All right, so we're uh, we're we're running in around. I won't be laughing. I'll be cry- crying like uh, the, Rachel. Let me Maddow. make some clear. I've loved the Warriors' style of play for a long time, but I just I can't take this, man. I need chaos. I need I need the Warriors to fall apart so Katie leaves. Uh, I want I want Kawhi in the Western Conference. There's you know the Celtics need to implode and lose the Pacers. There's, I'm just looking at this and I I see chaos. I see, I, you know, I, I'll leave it here. But I, I will say if I'm not shocked by the end of the playoffs, I would be shocked. All right, so 
That is. That's a hot take. Um, so we're going to move to our uh, Major League Baseball preview. Uh, we'll keep it short just because we're uh, we're probably going to cap this episode at around maybe like an hour, 15 minutes at the absolute maximum. Um, so how about this? I'll give you a few contenders in uh, in, in, uh, in both the, the AL and the NL for um, for the playoffs, and you tell me what you think, and then we'll make some we'll make some predictions uh, both both in terms of how well teams will do, and then maybe if you have a couple of opinions about some players and, and what happens there, like an MVP or you know somebody you see as a breakout candidate, really anything, uh, you can throw it out there as well. Uh, so in the American League, which we'll we'll wait to uh, make predictions on since I know that you and I are both fans of teams in the AL. The contenders are looking like the Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, and Astros. There's uh, maybe a couple sleeper teams in there, like the Angels um, or the uh, or the Rays. The Rays won 90 games last year. And then in the National League, we have the Dodgers. Um, the Diamondbacks really are, are falling apart here, but uh, we have the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Brewers, the not the Pirates. Who's the other team in the in the NL Central? The we have the Brewers. We have the oh the Cardinals. Yeah, because now they have Paul Goldschmidt. So we have uh, we have the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and then we have the Mets, the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Braves. Uh, that's a lot of teams. What do you think about the the National League's balance of power right now? And admittedly, admittedly, the season hasn't even started yet. Up to up, uh, yeah. I think I think it's going to be it's going to be some good. There's going to be some great playoff games. I think the NL it has a lot of great teams. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Brewers, Cubs, and Cardinals are all teams that could possibly see the World Series. These are all teams I could see possibly being in it. All right, I, the Brewers. What about I mean, the, what the Padres with the Manny Machado? Are they, are they still still a year or two out? You think? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. There's no way they're making it. To not even if they swing a surprise uh, trade for Corey Kluber. That's not going to happen. Um, how about this? How about this? Mm. The Dodgers probably win their division pretty easily. Who wins the National League? Or sorry, not the National League. I, I'm I'm sorry. I I. Even the infallible among us can can yet be fallible, although it seems like a contradiction in terms. Uh, who wins the National League East? My, my prediction, I'm going to really pick a team that I don't think anybody's picking, not the Marlins. I'm picking the Mets. Uh, they picked up Robbie Cano. I'm picking the Braves. They, they got Robbie Cano. They got their relievers back, and if Syndergaard is healthy, these guys, they can stack up against the Braves, the Phillies, or the Nationals without Bryce Harper. Um I th- I'm 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 picking the Mets. You, you think the Braves? Give me your pitch. Don't they have Josh Donaldson now? They uh, do they, they? I believe they. Yeah, do. they they picked him up on a one year deal. They You're do. Right. They do. They have uh, Dansby Swanson, Freddie uh, Freeman, Josh Donaldson. These are all. Um, oh, they have an outfielder too. Uh, is it Acuna? Ronald Acuna Jr. He uh, he he looked like yes. a superstar last year. Uh, when he got called up, he could be a stud. And Ender in one of my NCR favorite take. players. These are named all... after Ender from Ender's Game. No, yeah. I don't know that, but maybe. Um, yeah, you like the Braves? 
I, th- I think they're pitching. I noticed that now. There's a there's a player on the Braves. His name is uh, Ian Anderson. He actually pitched in upstate New York, uh, and I know that we don't talk about upstate New York in the Northeast perhaps as much as as I would like on the podcast. But he actually went to uh, I believe it was Shenandoah for high school. He was the number three pick in the draft. Um, he's one of many young arms that the Braves have. They don't have a clear ace, but they got a lot of young starters. Um, and I agree. I think that. Uh, if they do fail, it'll be because their pitching's inexperienced. But give me, give me your your sales pitch for why the Braves are going to be really good this year. I think they're going to be very good offensively. They've, um, uh, you know, with the batting, uh, you know, they got Freeman who who can really hit a lot of home runs. I think he's going to hit over thirty. They got Josh Donaldson who can hit over thirty home runs. Uh, Ender Enciarte can score a lot of runs. He gets on base. Uh, he can he can run the bases pretty well. So I think people are sleeping on them as a team. Um, I don't know if they're going to make it to the World Series, but I they're definitely making it to the playoffs. Uh, I mean that's I don't think that's a doubt. Who who win, uh, who wins the National League overall? I. I think it's probably going to be the Dodgers Oof, again. The soulless Yankees. Um, I call it the Yankees without a soul. They're uh, they're just as they're they're a huge market. They have tons of money. They have uh, you know a lot of championships, but they don't have they don't have that that history of the Yankees. They're just not the same team. I, I actively root against the Dodgers at all times. But anyway, you think you think really think that's going to happen? That I th- I think so. But you know who I think is being slept on in all of baseball? This may come as a surprise to you, but I think the Cincinnati Reds are being slept on. They're being slept on because they're garbage. (laughs) No, no. What do you know? They have Sonny Gray. Let me make something very, very Uh, clear to you. He pitched on my team, the Yankees, last year. He has stuff, right? He 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 was awful, awful in Yankee Stadium. Maybe, Maybe maybe he's better somewhere else. He was trash. Anyway, go ahead. I think he may be able to change in the National League. Oh, the D- yeah, there's no DH, right? You get to throw up against uh, throw against a pitcher every ninth ninth of bat. Yep, I think that's going to change things for him. They have Matt Whistler and Alex Wood, uh, yeah, two of solid. a couple. Yeah, and they have uh, uh, who else? They have uh, Michael Lorenzen. He's he's decent. Joey Votto. You know, pitching pitching isn't the greatest, but that's not what I'm looking. At. I'm looking at the rest of the lineup. Um, you know, infielders they have uh, Scooter Jeanette or however you pronounce mm-hmm. his name. I think he's a great infielder. You know, you got Eugenio Suarez and Joey Votto. Right. They're an interesting combination yeah. of of young and old. They they have young pitching and old hitting. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's yeah. They got Tanner Roark as well. well. I saw him pitch in yeah. Washington. He's 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 a solid. He's a, he's a work workhorse. Yeah, but you're right. They their pitching is getting older, and I think in the future they're not going to be a great team. But I think this year they could, uh, we could see them in the playoffs. Um, mm. You know, they got Puig this year and Matt Kemp. So, you who, know, who wins the American League? And I, I think, I think we could probably agree. There's really only four teams that look like serious contenders here. Uh, I'm not going to throw the Rays into that discussion. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm. I'm sleeping on them. I'm not giving them their due. But it looks like we're going to have the Houston Astros, the Cleveland Indians, and the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, anybody else? I, I 
No, I think I think you can actually eliminate the Astros from being number one. Um, I think it's going to be in this order: Yankees, Indians, Red Sox. Interesting. You think the uh, well, the Houston's probably going to win their division, though, right? I mean, because they're oh yeah, but easily. When the playoffs come, you think you're predicting the Yankees will win the AL? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think now, I think I know uh, you're I know you're a Red Sox fan, and that must pain you. So explain to me why you would you would you would predict against your own team. I'm not saying it's not a possibility that the Red Sox. Are, I think there's a good chance that they will, but I think the I'm going to give the benefit here to the Yankees because you know the Yankees had a great season last year, um, as did the Red Sox. Obviously, you know winning it winning it all uh thank you very much uh i feel i i feel like I, I must have done something wrong that that the red sox would would be the successful during my lifetime yes yes well he, here's a here's a little fun fact um like since the yankees have had had babe ruth there's only been one decade where they didn't win a world series that was the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And in the 1980s, they were in the World Series in 1981. Mm. So, could this be the decade? Could this be a decade where they win one? Or could this be a decade? Have they been in the in the World Series uh this they, decade? They have not. I, I've been following them since the last time that I can remember them is t- when they won in 2009. I don't think they've been back to the World Series since then. Yeah, so look at that. I, I think I think it's about time they, they made it back into the World Series. But, uh, you know, I would be celebrating in 2020 if, if I looked back over 10 years and I saw that uh, the Yankees hadn't made it to a single World Series. That would make me very happy. But I think this could be the year where they make it to the the series. Wow! Yeah, let me see. They they definitely they they haven't won it since since '09, and I, I think the Red Sox have won it like three times since then, which is just terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't see the stat right now, but I'm pretty sure. Wow, you know, it's it's really it's been rough. I mean, I know we've been over 500 like every year, but you know, the Yankees are just held to a higher standard. I, I'll tell you what, though. And part of this is just because I'm a pessimist, right? I'm picking the Red Sox or the Astros. Here's here's the thing about the Astros, right? They lost Alex Coykel. Alex Bregman is like 23 or something. He's already been insane. He's going to be just as good. Altuve had a little bit of a down year. He only hit 13 home runs last year, I think it was. He's I think his power is going to yeah, spike yeah. back up. George Springer had some leg issues that kind of kept him out every few games. If he's healthy, he's going to look really good. Carlos Correa was hurt most of last year. And when he did, he did play. He looked really rusty, and I think that's because the injuries. Now that he's had a whole year to recover, I think Correa, even if he gets back to like half or three quarters of his capability, that's a really, really good player. You add in some of their secondary pieces and a still solid starting rotation. I think I think the Astros are a threat, uh, but I'm picking I'm picking the Red Sox to win the AL. Um, I really like our picks here because you're picking my team and I'm picking mm-hmm. your team. So what's going to happen is at the end of the year, one of us is either going to be right, right and unhappy, or happy. <laughs> right and unhappy, or wrong and happy. You know, here here's my reason why. 
Ready? Luis Severino is hurt, right? He's going to be out until I think it was May, they said, something like that, at least. And when he comes back, who knows how good he's going to be. He was the Yankees' best pitcher. If he's out, there are only two starting pitchers that you know are like frontline starters are Tanaka, who's had elbow issues, and uh, James Paxton, who hasn't pitched 200 innings in his entire career. This Yankees pitching rotation is an injury waiting to happen, and as much as I love their their hitting, I I, I can't do it. A Gio Gonzalez, J.A. Happ, and some rookies are not going to cut it for me. Um, maybe if they signed Dallas Coikel or something like that, that, I don't know. I just I see the Red Sox winning yet again. As much as it pains me to say it, uh, Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi, uh, Xander Bogarts. There are the, here's the thing. The Yankees and Red Sox lineup are are they're basically the same. The Yankees have more power, but the Red Sox hit for a higher average. And come playoff times, when you're when you're facing good pitchers, those home run hitters don't do as well. It's the high contact guys that excel, and I think that's why the Red Sox are going to win. Um, real quick, what's your prediction? What's I your like prediction you. to win the entire World Series? <sighs> I think I think I think it could be the Dodgers. Um, if if they make it to the series, I think it, it's going to be the Dodgers. Um, if the Cardinals made it to the series, mm. you know, I'm, I'm just throwing them in there. I think they could make it and uh, win it. Um, those are my two my two teams. The the uh, I know I know that's kind of a, a strange pick. The Cardinals, especially since we haven't seen them that much. Um, but I think their roster is looking really good. Um, you know, their pitching may not be the best, but uh, they've always had, they, every year they've consistently had a fairly solid lineup. And this year it's looking better than ever, um, you know, with Paul Goldschmidt uh, added. I, but, uh, uh, I got to say Alex Reyes, I think is one of their young starters. He was hurt last year. He looked really good in the minor leagues. If he if he comes up as an ace, uh, I I I think they're a team to watch as well. I think they're a sleeper team in that in that National League. Um. Oh, I forgot. I mm-hmm. forgot to give my pick. All right. Um. Well. Who? Anyway. Who do you? Who, so. Who? What's your matchup again? You got the Dodgers uh, against. Who is it? The Yankees coming out. Who wins that? Or the Red Sox. I think it could go either way, but I'm I'm giving the edge right now towards and who the wins? Yankees. Who wins it all? Dodgers. <sighs> nah, I'm. Uh, you know, I, I'm predicting out of the national. In that matchup, who would you pick? Who would you pick if it was Yankees Dodgers? Who would you pick to win that? It depends on how good Clayton Kershaw is looking, right? If he's on fire, then they have Walker Bueller, uh, and they have Kershaw, both studs. Um, if Kershaw isn't playing that well, because remember he's had some injuries the last year or so, uh, if he's not playing well, I I got to give it to the to the Yankees. Uh, I don't know. I think. I, I don't trust the Yankees, but I also just I can't pick the Dodgers. I I I really can't. Um, I think it's probably going to be a Red Sox, and whew, let me think here. You know, I, I want to see the Brewers make it out, but I I think the Dodgers are the best team. I, I think the Red Sox are going to beat the Dodgers. It'll be a rematch of last year. Um, oh, I hope I, so. And That's I think what I that, hope. that we will all eat Boston baked beans. Uh, and celebrate or or look on in horror and dismay as, as the Red Sox end up uh, 
end up winning uh, for what would that be their third time this decade and their fourth time uh, since since 2004, something like that. Yeah, so 2004, 2007, and 2013, and 2018. Yeah. This, if they won, if they won this year, it would be five times in the last 15 to, years. Oh, that's that's just that's not good. Um, that would be devastating uh, to the league in a lot of ways. I agree. I agree. The, Red, the baseball does poorly when the Red Sox. Well, actually, I can't say that. I just, I, I hate it when the Red hey. Sox win. I will never, I will never apologize for rooting against them. But I see no one ever complained when the Giants consistently made it to the uh, World Series over the last, you know. Nobody cares 10 years. about San Francisco sports, though. That's the real thing. Um. Well, those are our, uh, our Major League Baseball predictions. Um, I'd like to wrap it up with a couple of uh, of token passages that I've picked out. Uh, but I would just like to know, uh, CNN President Jeff Zucker just said uh, in regards to the, the, the media's coverage of of the Russia investigation. He said, we are not investigators. We are journalists and our role is to report the facts as we know them, which is exactly what we did. And the only thing that I can think is, he says, we are not investigators. We are journalists. Journalists are investigators, <laughs> right? The, right. The facts as we know them, not, yeah. not the facts as we think we know them. He, he's saying sort of the right thing, but I don't know, man. I, this is we're living in a crazy world today. Uh, you know, it, it, here's the only thing I'm going to say: if, if global warming kills us all in 12 years, at least we will have been entertained before our death. Um, so I'm, I'm <laughs> going to end it. Uh, I, I have a couple of token passages here. Um, there's so many. Uh, token himself, a, a wordsmith of the highest order, uh, one of one one of the people with the best grasp of the English language and and all languages, really. Um, that, that this that this world has seen at, at least in recent memory, if not if not throughout history. So I'm going to read you two poems. Uh, there are many standalone quotes. Um, one of my favorites uh, is "Do not meddle in the affairs of wizards." But I'm going to read you two poems uh, that that I really like from from Token. Uh, in honor of Token Reading Day, which as I mentioned at the beginning of this now very long podcast, um, is uh, is March 25th. Uh, this this won't actually air until. Uh, maybe a day or two after, depending on on how quickly this gets up. But I'll, I'll read these for you. So the first one is from uh, The Fellowship of the Ring, and you will probably recognize it. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. And I remember reading that poem when I was, I was, I think, eight or nine years old reading The Fellowship of the Ring. All that is gold is not glitter. Not all those are, who wander are lost. And that, that phrase I've remembered for over a decade. Uh, it's one of my favorite passages, and it really foreshadows a lot that goes on to happen. Um, and, and it's, at the same time, you don't understand exactly what's going on at this point in the story because you don't know really who Aragorn's character is. Uh, you don't understand that he's the true king or all this lineage stuff. But this this poem explains that that this this person that's appeared in the story, Aragorn, who they know as Strider, may look like an ordinary person, but he is something much much greater than that. Uh, there are things that are gold that do not glitter, meaning 
uh, and as as you know, the best things don't always sparkle or appear to be the best. We have to look below the surface uh, to find that. Um, and I'm going to read um, my absolute favorite poem from The Lord of the Rings, um, and it's uh, it's called it's a it's a walking song or a traveling song. Uh, and there are many forms of this poem that appear throughout The Lord of the Rings and uh, other of Tolkien's works. Um, I'm going to read the version uh, also from from The Fellowship of the Ring, um, and and this is how it goes: The road goes ever on and on down from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, and I must follow if I can, pursuing it with eager feet until it joins some larger way, where many paths and errands meet, and whither then I cannot say. And then the final version at the end of The Return of the King. This is a a slightly different version, uh, and it goes, The road goes ever on and on, out from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, let others follow it who can. Let them a journey new begin, but I at last with weary feet will turn towards the lighted inn, my evening rest and sleep to meet. And I think it's pretty clear here that, that Tolkien is talking about life, the road of life that we all travel. Um, and at the beginning, you see, you see the poem uh, talking about pursuing you know, the path with eager feet until it joins a larger way. There are many paths. And it's talking about setting out on that journey of life. And then at the very end, the final version of the poem says, but I at last with weary feet, and then it finishes my evening rest and sleep to meet. And, and talking about, about the end of life, the, the ending of our journey. And I think that's uh, a very, very powerful poem by, by J.R.R. Token. Um, do you have anything, uh, any, any comments or thoughts about J.R.R. Token in general or anything specific? I was just, uh, for some reason, while you're reading all that, I was uh, thinking about Tom Bombadil mm. um, and how a lot of people, when they read The Fellowship of the Ring, they are completely bored by that, uh, you know, the whole section where, you know, he's he's in the woods. and And I actually found that to be... I don't know it, it it takes i think it takes some real imagination to be able to read that and uh you know stay um you know enthralled with the story because i think tolkien uh lost a lot of readers um with tom bombadil in that whole mm-hmm. section but I, th- I think it's an important if you're a true fan of 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 tolkien you you really will enjoy Tom Bombadil and reading about that in Fellowship of the Ring and even have read uh, The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. I think that's an overlooked uh, part of the whole, uh, all of all of Tolkien's lore. I think he's often overlooked. The, um, yeah, I, I, Tom Bombadil always had a, uh, I was always fascinated by him because he didn't feel like he belonged in the story, right? He puts the ring on, it does nothing. He he's almost like uh, a cheat code in the story. Like nobody knows where he comes from. He has power over the most powerful object, at, at least at this point in the story. Um, and then all of a sudden, and he doesn't really change the story. In yeah, any it's way. like it's like if uh, it's like a warp hole in the story, and then all of a sudden you you reappear, and then you, and then you keep going your way. He was. Uh, 
I was very disappointed he didn't make it onto the screen. I understand why they didn't put him on the screen uh, in the movies, but but I do I do agree. Um, all right, so I, we're we hit a, an hour fifteen minutes. Um, now I'm not sure if I'll if I'll break it up into two editions just yet. Um, I might do that just because uh, most of our episodes are around half an hour to forty five minutes. Uh, but we have a lot a lot of uh, great content here. Um, and I know I keep saying this, but I, I really do want to have you back on for a, for a discussion about economics and philosophy um, and worldview and perspective and that kind of thing. There's just so much going on right now that uh, there's a lot to get to. Um, but uh, but for now, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate here at the, the Road Not Taken podcast uh, your willingness to, to come on. Um, I do have, uh, and I, I, I'm not betraying your personal views here because um, I, I'll leave that to you to to decide whether or not to reveal them uh, on a public forum. Uh, but we do have a, a, a copy of Ben Shapiro's book, um, The Right Side of History, uh, which has been autographed by Ben Shapiro, uh, and we would like to extend that to you as a token of our as a token um, token on token reading day as a token of our our thanks uh, for your willingness to, to come on the show and, and be a contributor. Um, not sure what you think about the book, but maybe that will spark a discussion in the future. Um, so do you have anything that, that you want to talk about or want to say before we finish off this, uh, this podcast? No, uh, but it's uh, been a pleasure and um, I look forward to next time uh, when you have me on and uh, talking about those other topics like economics and philosophy. Um, so I you look gotta, forward to uh, that. You got to promote the podcast for us here. We're 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 doing pretty well. Our our, our viewership is up. Um, but as is as is the motto of New York State, Excelsior, meaning ever upward. Uh, as we as we spiral towards fame and everlasting glory. Um, as uh, as uh, as Upstate New York's premier podcast. Well, I will say this: if you've listened this far into the podcast. I don't think there needs to be any self promotion because an hour seventeen in, you're that committed. That is true. That is true. We're uh, we're like JR Token. Uh, it may take a long time to get to the point. You'll have to invest quite heavily uh, in order to to follow uh, with what we're saying. Now, in Token's case, it's because he's such an amazing writer um, that he can do things that that are just strange to us because they're they're so amazing what he does. Um, whereas in our case, it's just because we ramble on so much. Uh, me primarily that you probably don't want to finish this podcast. But if you are here, uh, we thank all of you. Um, and uh, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish. And then I'll, I'll conclude with, uh, with the, the final farewell, as it, as it were. The last farewell to, uh, to reference a song title from, from the Hobbit movies. So anything else that you'd like to say, uh, anything you want to promote um, before, we, uh, before we head off? No, I'm not the type of uh, guy to self-promote anything. All right. so. he's, he's humble as well as learned. Um, thank you all. Uh, this has been the Road Not Taken podcast. Uh, we hope to have another guest on in the near future, perhaps our very next episode. Um, I would like to apologize uh, to all of our devoted listeners for our almost three-week delay. Uh, there were some unforeseen circumstances that prevented uh, the airing of a new podcast episode, uh, but we hope to return to our roughly uh, seven days or so in between episodes. So thank you for listening. Uh, and this has been the Road Not Taken podcast. <laughs>